it's a bonus episode with one of my favorite creators. I like to call this uh, series Friends of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi. Um, so Abel Ozuna is joining me. He is a podcast host for the local influencers as well as pop culture after dark. He's a published author. He's a mental health advocate and content creator. Abel, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Brittany. I'm so excited and honored to like be on like whenever we were talking about it. I was in you're like, you know, whatever. Like, if you want to be on, it's cool. I'm like, hell yes, I want to be on. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I've admired you for so long, and I feel like you and I have got to spend a little bit more time together recently, which has just solidified my appreciation for you Um, because you're amazing. I mean, you've created a, a podcast network. Um, I mean, the creativity with you never stops. You have so many projects going on simultaneously. And not only that, but you finish projects that you start, which is really incredible. So I want to go to the beginning. Have you always had this innate desire to create even from a young age? Yeah. So it's funny because I didn't realize that. I think everyone kind of does when they're younger. It's whether you're or not you follow up with it when you're older or not. Um, I, I didn't realize that I, I would have called myself a creative kid growing up. But when I published my first book, my parents surprised me. We had like a book signing party. Wow. And my parents surprised me with like these little mini books that I had drawn out when I was a child. And my parents surprised me with them. And they have them like in with all their like safe, like paper documents and everything. And so like, I didn't realize that I've been creative since I was little. And um, I have this, there's, you can't see, we were just laughing about our backgrounds, but I have this little thing that I also made. It's like, I put all my like jewelry and crystals and bracelets inside of it. And I made that like in third grade, I think. And it has my initials engraved on the bottom of it. We did it in art class and I still have it. And I use it now for like jewelry and things like little trinkets, but yeah, like I said, growing up in the middle of it all, I wouldn't have called myself creative. But looking back, I think that I always had that spark of some, my mind has always been, ooh, something shiny. You know? <laughs> but, what, but what's neat about you is you actually execute it, right? Because I feel like you're somebody who always has a ton of ideas. But what differentiates you from a lot of creators is that you actually go about making it happen. And so has that drive always been there or have you ever balked, like maybe hesitated to start or is it just kind of like, no, I want to do this. Let's do it. Yeah. So there's been times like that I have an idea for something and I'm just like, I'm going to keep that to myself for a little while. And then I don't share it or, you know, it maybe it's an idea now, for example, um, uh, Vani, our good friend, mutual friend uh, of Bitches Who Brunch. Shout I out Vani, love her. Name. Yes, I came up with the name for that podcast. And at the time I came up with the name and I was like, this would be really cool. Like, cause I always, I'm a big fan of like daytime shows. So I like shows like The View. I watch The View every day. I like Dr. Phil, all like just TV talk shows. And so I was like, bitches who brunch. And I, I sat on that for a while and I'm like, cool. And then I told Bonnie about it. Uh, and I remember we were at Freebirds and I was like, hey, I have this idea. There's this name. I don't know what it will be. I don't know what it's called. And I just told her the name, Bitches Who Brunch. She's like, I don't know what it is, but it's mine. She told me. <laughs> and, and that was funny because it was like, you know, I had the idea. The idea sparked. I share. I waited on it for a little while. I shared it with Vani. And then like two years later, we actually pulled the trigger to do stuff. Excellent. With it. And so, so like. I don't always pull the trigger right away. Sometimes there's two podcasts that I have in development right now that I've been thinking about. I've been on for about a year and a half. I just had my first meeting with some people last month. Congratulations. And, um, thank you. Yeah. And so I have ideas. It's just sometimes they take a long time to be executed, but it's because I want to make sure that I'm in the right place. And then I always say, like, if I have an idea and it's a good one, it'll come back to me and that's when it's supposed to happen. Yes. And I, I like that. And I really appreciate your approach when it comes to timing and not necessarily pushing something out prematurely. Uh, that That's a smart w move. And I think that says a lot about your approach and why everything, it, it just kind of works out because of how you decide to have that perspective. So I appreciate that big time. Um, so actually something that I didn't uh, list in all of your roles that you have is that you also produce for bitches who brunch podcast right yeah so what yeah, like so, what a uh, role like what what are your uh tasks i guess when it comes to producing another podcast so 
for Bonnie show for bitches who brunch it's come uh, they've developed they've I think they're in the third season and it's changed drastically since season one but I am kind of like uh Bonnie she runs that show that's her show mm-hmm. but I am the one that on uh, now I have a little bit more of an active role because they do live shows which I could never do yes um you know you and I we record and then we if we want to edit we edit if whatever. yes um, I couldn't do that, but she does live shows. And so I'm, I'm the one running the control panel, like in the back. So I do all of her banners, like her little pop-ups, little infographics and share screens and inviting guests and inter- getting her to interact with the, with the like viewers, but also giving her feedback at the end. We always have like an after show wrap up where we talk about what worked, what didn't work, what could have been better. And uh, we have that every single week. And so it's like just, um, Kind of like another set of eyes and ears for her. The topics, all Bonnie and her team, her and Marlene right now, they do it all. I show up and I just push a bunch of buttons. I edit it and then I upload it to the, you know, the platform that we use. And I just kind of schedule it out for her and make sure she's on track and make sure like, hey, just like accountability partner type of thing. Dude, yes. Well, okay, and you 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 definitely oversimplified what you do because you're like, I just go in and push a bunch of buttons and do this and that. No, there is so <laughs> much more involvement there. Like you are legitimately producing, and I know how close y'all are. So you're also enhancing her craft as well. Like your role is pivotal. Yeah, and we were talking about it the other day because her co-host for the season, Marlene, this is her first season hosting a podcast. And, I, you know, she still sometimes it's like they've only they've only done a handful of episodes this season so far. And Marlene sometimes is like it's just simple things as microphone etiquette and going over like even with the guests. It's yes. Like microphone etiquette. Make sure you have some headphones on. If not, make sure there's no one in the room with you. Make yes. Sure. And covering things like that. Like you said, I don't really think about those things because to me it comes naturally now. Oh, that's um, so awesome. But, but yeah, I do help her and Bonnie's come a long way and she always tells me like she's always like thank you so much like you know telling her about microphones and telling her about like you know it's important that you have headphones and you know just little things and and um yeah I guess it is a lot but I I feel like it's very easy because I don't have to show up for that podcast true I can just kind of be in pajamas I can I have my I'm not even on the screen because I I'm like in the back kind of back office type of thing Mm -hmm. and I'm just like hanging out laughing listening to the show and pushing buttons (laughs) (laughs) you're cracking me up but I know for certain that if if if, uh you know anybody who's doing the kind of podcast that they are you would definitely be somebody that they would want on your team like you know what you're doing and you're damn good at it uh i'm just so impressed <laughs> by you all the time so speaking of being impressed you wrote a book uh you actually have two books out uh the southern secret series mm-hmm. tell me about yeah, this so, yeah so i have like like i have two series out so technically it's four books okay um yeah and i'm writing two more and then i have one in development um Writing, I say that very loosely. So uh, Southern Secrets was my very first book. I started writing that, um, God, years ago, maybe 2015, I started writing that. And that book took me probably over two years from the time I decided I wanted to write a book to the time that I got my first copy right and um so I write fantasy young adult fantasy I'm dabbling like dabbling into like new adult fantasy just because I can play with some different kind of things you know with that different audience but it's I love fantasy books and so the funny thing is about writing is that I started writing because obviously I read a lot um and I listen to a lot of audiobooks and then I started listening to a bunch of podcasts about self-publishing and publishing and the publishing industry and then I went to like a publishing seminar and I just got that's where like I really hit the ground running with writing and podcasting at the same time because they were like two worlds that I fell in love with and so yeah Southern Secrets is my very first book I um looking back at it it was like I cringe when I have to reread it or I listen to the audiobooks I got um hired like companies to read my book for me wow and, um, you took it there yeah yeah so I have audiobooks and you know they're they're published and you can buy in Barnes and Noble Amazon you know everywhere and um anyways I 
Yeah, we talked about me rambling on. I'm rambling. No, th- uh, th- but that's like my favorite part about this podcast. Like ramble. Like it's all about you and this process. I love the thoughts about it. Yeah. So I, because I love reading so much, I always read books and I was always like, well, what happens next? Like, you know, when you read a book, you'll get, or even watch a movie if you don't read, you get whatever that writer wants you to get. So, okay, they live happily ever after, but they, you just see them like kissing on a, off a, you know, on a, with a sunset and that you think you know, your imagination's left. And so my imagination was always left like, well, what happens then? But then I need to know what happens next. Yes. And I read so many books and I was inspired by so many people and um, authors and I was like, and one thing that does kind of like bothered me was like, well, books, you know, we read them to for escapism to get away, but I'm like, there isn't always a happy ending. And so I told myself with the Southern Secrets books, I'm going to write a book that is, that I love, that I don't even know what's going to happen next. And then I, all I know is that I don't want it to end with a happy ending. Wow. And then to me, it was, it was important to have um, a diverse group of characters. So I have like LGBT characters in it. I have um, just different, like, I don't really talk about race, but the way I describe characters, you can tell, you know, mm-hmm. kind of what re- ethnic groups they belong to. Um, it was important to me also at the time growing up, I didn't have a lot of um, young adult male characters. It's always, usually it's a young adult female like heroine you know like yes. she's it's up the stories from her point of view and blah 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 so I was like it's important for me to kind of tell from a teenage guy teenage boy um kind of going through his story and like I said I didn't want it to uh, be happy and as I'm writing it for anybody who's ever written the book it's weird because I said that and when I when it came to start killing people off or oh I didn't even or, think about that I started crying the first time I ever wrote somebody off and I cried and I cried and I, I'm an emotional person. I'm a Pisces. So I'm, I'm, I live emotionally. It's your day. season. Happy and, Pisces season. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And so uh, when, when I wrote it, I cried and cried and that's where I'm at now is I'm on the final book of that series. And it's very hard because I haven't picked up the manuscript since like, November because I'm in a very tough because it's the last book in the series so I'm saying bye to these characters that I've that have come up in my head that I love and um it's not a it's not a happy place that they're in so it's coming from you know my it's like kind of like I'm sharing parts of my emotion with them and it's like I haven't picked it up since the fall because it's just so hard Mm -hmm. and um I had a lot going on personally also and I was like my dark spot plus their dark spot like it's all mine really but like yes. I just I was like I needed a break from yes it, you know and um yeah so that's Southern Secrets it's really I love it it's my child uh and then the Destructive Bliss series so yeah uh, I don't know Bliss about this and- one so fill me in yes so this is another young adult fantasy this is a uh I'm all about fairies and fae and magical whimsical things and so uh southern secret i'm sorry destructive bliss is it's a destructive series so destructive bliss is book one uh destructive fate is book two and um it follows a 17 year old female fae who basically when you turn a certain age in that fae world you have to choose if you're going to be a light fae or a dark fae however once you make your choice like if your family is a light fae family and you make a choice to go dark you just get like you're not allowed to speak to your family wow you get like blacklisted from the community everything right and um that's kind of and she meets this guy and this guy is of course a dark fae prince and uh, they're teenagers and it's like forbidden love and it's you know he's a royal family and her family has his own thing going on and so anyways that's my thing and um i love that and, yeah yeah and uh i can't wait to get back into book three because it's my favorite thing to talk about like the magical kind of things like you know we've talked about it off you know podcasting and stuff and we've had dinner and stuff and yes I just um I I just uh, being able to get away and like think about just makeup things and it's just like it's weird you know like uh, I was talking to someone about this recently like when I'm writing 
I'm like, it just spews out of me. And like, as I'm typing things, I start laughing and joking. And like, when I tell a joke, I'm laughing at it. Like, and I can hear these characters and I can see them. And um, it's just one of those things that it, it fills me up so much. But at the same time, as off, as fulfilled as I feel when I write a book, um, it is very draining for me. Right. But it's, it sounds like so magical, though. Yes, it is. And it is one of the weirdest things ever is to hold a book and it's yours and it's your name on it. And it's your, you know, recently uh, I, I was playing my audiobook for my boyfriend because he'd never heard it or seen my manuscripts. And I was playing the audiobook for him. And, you know, it's a very, it's a professional company called Punch Audio that read my books. And, uh, he was like, oh, my God. He's like, this is you. I'm like, I know. I'm like, I know. It's weird, right? And, like, he's like, what happens next? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't wrote the book yet. I don't know yet. Whatever happens, it'll come to me when they want it to come to me. <laughs> right. So, no, you're you're exactly so, right. It's like you're just kind of ch- channeling it almost. Exactly. It's a little weird because, like, I know where I want to, like, specifically Southern Secrets. I know how that book's going to end. I know it. I just, it's how I get there yeah that's the thing and like I said I usually I'll go on these tangents where I'll write hardcore for like month like I'll pick up a book and I'll end up writing it knocking it out in like two months publishing it and then it takes me two three years to like write again you but that kind of commitment though and like willingness to get up and and do it or you know what I mean because you're not somebody who has a lot of free time like let's be real like you're out being social, yeah. you know, how you have all these podcasts, um, you work, family, friends, you know what I mean? You're going out of town, whatever, living your life and then writing books. That is wild to me, like your commitment and your drive. And like, I'm just going to do this. Like it, it blows my mind. And I want to circle back because I, I, I uh, cut you off on accident. But you were saying writing a book is so draining. So tell me more about that, because. I feel like I get it, but I know I don't because I haven't written. So so describe that to me. I, I don't want to speak for like all creators, but I think um, creators in general, that we can, whatever you're creating, whether you're, you know, doing podcasting or you're writing, or even if you're just a content creator and you're posting on Instagram every day and to get the right content, to get the right interview or to get whatever it is that you're doing. I think that is a lot like on your like mental health. Right. And then, because I put so much into my writing and so much of my emotions into it. Um, it does, it drains me mentally because like you said, I am very busy. Like all day I have to be like what I would say, like quote unquote, like on, I have to be on because I am in customer service. Like I have to, you know, I rely on them to give me my paycheck. <laughs> right. And so I'm always on for people. I'm going to have to be, I'm a very big introvert. Like I, hate meeting people but once i have met you i'm happy that i met you yes but i hate like, getting to know someone and so, <laughs> i respect that i you know i i i have i'll never be rude to someone unless they deserve it but um i know sometimes people are like oh i don't want to say hi to you because you look mad or and it's never that it's usually i'm in my head thinking about like if i say this and they say that like i'm very like analytical and things and so um i think i just take on all day i'm on and i'm taking people on so then when i come home and i have to write or when I'm writing in the middle of writing it's a lot because even if it's like my day off I'm thinking about like a million other things and then writing and I'm putting all this emotion into it and like I said right now Southern Secrets is in a very dark place and to like get in there I don't know like a lot of our listeners like listen your listeners if they've heard like actors go into like method acting it's like when they're in a role they just they talk like that person they live like that person they just you fully and that's kind of how I have to be for my writing in order for me to to feel happy with it or content with it because I think that's one thing that I struggle with and I think what took me so long for that first book was that I would write three chapters go back and reread them and hate them so I would scrap them and rewrite them over so now I just do I just write everything I don't care like if I I don't let anything stop me so if I can't think of a let's just say I want I want Brittany to go to a, a corner store. If I can't think of a name for a corner store, I just write in big, bold capital letters, corner store, insert name here. Yeah. Or insert place here. And then I go back and I just look for those big, bold. I love that. Later. I love yeah. that because then there's no excuse. You're not going to let that hold you up. Yeah. Okay. That's an excellent yeah. approach. I love that so much. 
Um, okay, so you said, you know, being a Pisces and just being the kind of person that you are, you tend to pour a lot of emotion into what you're creating. Not only that, but people are reading words that are generated from your soul, essentially. Is it challenging to put that kind of vulnerability out there? Because you really are showing people, you know what I mean? Because you all, especially because like you said, this series is going toward like a, an unhappy, like darker side. Um, you know, do you ever like, is it like hard for, you know what I mean? To, to put it out there. Yeah. I think when I first released Southern Secrets, I would check reviews every day, like reviews, reviews. Like I was obsessed with reviews and like what people said. And, and, um, at that time I was really big into Twitter and Twitter was a huge thing and it still is, but like back when I was doing it, it was like really big. And, um, I had a, pretty large following on twitter because i did a podcast called the shadow hunters podcast where we recapped a tv show called shadow hunters and the books the mortal instruments and so um, that's so cool yeah so i did that with two of my friends one from australia and one from canada and it was we called ourselves triple a because uh my name's abel and then andrea and then adam i love that met through the fandom on twitter and uh we still talk now but yeah so i had a pretty fairly large like following and that was one of my most successful podcasts because i interviewed like actors from the show the writers room we interviewed all kinds of people wow and um yeah one time i had an actor his name is jade hasune and he uh we got you know his publicist gave us 45 minutes and after 45 minutes he's like that's it and his publicist was there and she's like yeah and he's like no and he ended up staying with us for almost three hours oh my god dude yes that was that was cool, but um, yeah, I forgot what I was saying, but yeah. I, no, just about just, being vulnerable, so, yeah. So I had a pretty large following, and so when I released the book, and I'm like, on my podcast, I'm like, here, like, guys, this is it, and people were like, super happy, and they were like, oh my god, Abel, like, we love you, and like, I remember we do like, these things called Google Hangouts, like, I don't know, for some listeners, they might not know. No, I, I do know but, what that is. <laughs> so like, Google Hangout, for like, young listeners, was like, kind of like a zoom or like a, another like video platform at the time and it was a youtube thing and we did google hangouts and me and my two co-hosts and we'd invite listeners like whoever was like on the live show we would invite them randomly and we'd be like hey check your dm we just sent you an invite and people would like come on crying because they're talking to us <laughs> that and makes me so happy feeling. i was so happy i loved it i met so many people from around the world one, you know, girls from like the girls from Poland were like, oh, my God, like we stayed up all night because we knew y'all were going live and like it's like 4 a.m. here. And we're like, whatever. But whenever I release my books, um, like I said, I check reviews every day. I was obsessed with people were saying like my my community that I've built. I was like, what are they going to say? Like, whatever. And um, finally, it's like now sometimes when people like bring up books, I'm like, I'm really bad at self-marketing, marketing myself. I Some people are excellent at it. Yes. I cannot do it. I'm horrible at it. I sometimes people are like your books. And I'm like, oh yeah, like I did. I have four books published. Yes, dude. I don't think I knew. I had to look at your link. Well, you know your your description and your personal page. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, if you're not following, is it okay if I share your personal Instagram page? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Um, at Abel the Pisces. Um, to follow Abel, but we'll talk about the podcast in a little bit. But yeah, no, I'm like, why don't we talk about these books more? Because that is fucking awesome. Yeah, I always forget to market them and myself, but I think it's just because right now I'm trying to I. I'm trying to rebuild an audience and like a genuine connection with people yes. before I try to tell people, come buy my books. Right. Because I want people to have that reaction that you have. I want people to have the reaction that like, I've made a connection with you offline. You and I, we've had dinner, we've hung out. And um, I want to have a connection with people and then them be like, oh my God, you have books. Of course I want your books. I love you. Like we're friends we, or we're, uh, you know, and I follow you on Instagram. And so that's what I, I'm in the process of that. Right I get now. that. And I respect that. Better, yeah. I really respect that, Abel, because not that there's any necessarily anything wrong with this approach, but a lot of people will be just like, okay, I need to put myself out there. It's all about me. It's all about what I'm selling, blah, 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 blah. Nothing wrong with that. But I feel like sometimes that can be put over a genuine connection, you know, Um, and it's a kind of one sided. So I really appreciate your approach to that, because I'm telling you right now, I am so I could talk to you about the Southern series like tremendously. And and I I want to move on to the podcast stuff, but this is amazing. So I'll I'll try to narrow it down to a few more questions. So so the main character of 
the Southern series is Mason Fitzgerald. Who yes, is Mason he Fitzgerald. based off of? Like, do you take inspiration for any of the characters from real life? Is it just like, like, you know what I mean? Like, how did he become Mason Fitzgerald? Yeah. <laughs> so he is based off of characters from a bunch of, he's like a blend of characters I've read in the past. So he's a blend of like, I would say like Jace Herondale from like Shadowhunter series. Um, I'd say he's Jace is probably the most influential. Also, um, for there's this guy, his best friend, Mason's Mason's best friend, Mace. Like if I know, like that's his nickname, by the way, in the book. Mace. Uh, Mace's best friend is based off of another character that I read in um, Beautiful Creatures series, and his name was in that book. His name was Link, and I love his goofiness and. Like, the main character was very brooding, like, oh, I'm a man, teenager boy, blah, blah, blah. And his best friend was so, like, funny and lighthearted, and he brought, like, like a lightness to even some dark times in that book. So it was important to me to have balance. So Mason is not that brooding, like, woe is me type of person. Uh, but he did have some tragic things happen to him in his life. Um, but then he, we have his best friend, Tyler, who happens to be a, a vampire, but it's not, like, your average vampire. He also doesn't listen in the sun sun, like like edward he's not like that but he's just like you know when we think of vampires nowadays is you think like handsome perfect jawline perfect person they have no flaws and this guy is just like he's so strong but he doesn't realize he's strong he's awkward oh that's great yeah but mason is um mason like i said he's kind of a blend of everybody but i name my characters based on like names that i've just i like or um some that are very intentional like the the you know quote unquote villain in southern secrets his name is malute and oh that's a great name because yeah because i got mal because mal in spanish is mal is bad Mm -hmm. you know and so it's like kind of like a on the nose like hello he's bad like malute yes so yeah and and i always said if i had kids i would if i had two boys i would want to name them one of them would be Mason and another one would be Grayson, who Grayson is the main one of the main characters in the other series that I write. So Okay, very kind of good. Yes, no, it's yeah. it's just so fun. Like the entire creative process. I really could talk to you about yeah, this a lot. For sure. And then like the town that Mason is from, and it's based in Texas. And so the town that he lives in is called Midway, Texas. And I think there might be a town called Midway, but I came up with it because I went yeah. to high school and both school in Telosa Midway. And so I was like, well, let me incorporate like a Midway because that's where I went to school kind of. And it's like, there's jokes in the book, like, you know, you live in Midway, Midway to nowhere. You know, Midway, <laughs> you know, Midway's nowhere, but yeah. No, the, it's just so fun. You can tell how, how passionate you are about it and how much you love it. Um, the second book in the series is called Southern Betrayal. And I just love the titles. Um, oh, I said that, that I wouldn't ask any more questions about it, but I'm, this, yeah, this will ahead, be the ahead. last one because I, I do really want to talk about the <clears> podcast. <throat> Um, so when you look at the books, which are available on Amazon and I will be reading them soon, but I mean, they legit have cover art. Like this is not like some thrown together piece of literature. You know what I mean? And so what is the process of getting it to look so official? Cause I know you went to a company to get the audiobook made, but how do you go about publishing Mm -hmm. it in such a way that it looks, I mean, it's a legitimate book. How, How, what was that process like? Thank you. That was trial and error. Um, not so much with the cover art, but with the editor process. So I fired five editors. Just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the cover artist, I have um, a guy that I hired. Basically, I have like a little team of people now. Um, and I, they're all freelancers. And I got them on Upwork, I think it was. And um, it's just a, a group of people. And that guy, thankfully, he is based. So that was a very interesting process in its own because my cover artist was based in Ukraine. Um, my editor was from, well, she's from the UK. And then, you know, I live here in Texas. And then my, at the time I had a book formatter because after all this, you have to have someone to be able to get the book inside the pages and make sure it looks right. And mm-hmm. my book formatter was from Sweden. And so to get our time zones to meet on yes. Zoom was the most horrifying thing ever. But it was it paid off because my my cover artist I I love him I can't say his name Ukrov I think um, excellent work I mean I gave him notes you know he sent me a few copies of the first one I gave him notes he changed it I told him exactly what I wanted by the time the second and third book came like the we talked about those covers 
he had him here and knew what I wanted. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's very interesting. You know, I thought about going a traditional way of publishing, but I self-published because I could own 100% of royalties, obviously, right? Money, except paying my team, which I paid the team up front yes. for their work. And not, great. so I got to keep royalties. And then um, also the creative process. I am in my life, I am a natural born, like I'm a natural leader in most things that I do. I have a hard time taking the back seat of things. Um, I like things a certain way. Like my boyfriend is learning, like, you know, like he's learned, like, you know, he's stayed the night with me and I'm like, we don't lead for the day. Like we, when we're going to work in the room, I'm like, you don't leave till we make the bed. Yes. Like, you know, we yep. don't do things. So this is like, I have to have things a certain way. And so um, that's why I, I decided to go self-publishing because of the fact that once you turn over your manuscript to a publishing house, it's it's really up to them. They tell you what they what direction they want the story to go to. They tell oh. you what, what will what quote unquote will sell. Yes, based on the cover. And I'm like, I don't care. I just it's mine. I want it to look the way I want it to look. And yes, I want to tell me so. I respect that so but much, last, Abel. Yeah, and the last book will be which the last book I'm almost done writing. If I just finish it, <laughs> uh, it's called Southern Redemption. Oh, that's so, so good. Exciting. Southern Secrets, Southern Betrayal, Southern Redemption. It's so good. Oh, gosh, I'm so excited. Can't can't wait to read it. I will be reading it soon. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, the link to listen to these audiobooks, because I believe the first one, there's no, you don't have to buy the first one, I don't think. I think I may have have it free yes. or 99 cents or something. Yeah, like, yeah. but the it second one, on Audible if you have I think Audible. it is. It's free on Audible because um, I checked that out today. But then the second one you can purchase as well. So guys, click on this, um, read it. It just sounds so fun. <laughs> okay, so into the podcast world because your podcasts are so fun. Pop Culture After Dark, that's you and Vani, right? Talking about all things yes. pop culture, which sounds so fun to me. Um, I'm a mom now, so I don't get to keep up with it as much. But it just sounds like such a fun way to like dish and gossip. And then you also have the, locals in the Local Influencers Podcast, which is pretty much you just running the helm of that show, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what was I the... I had help with social media and stuff for a while. Okay. Yeah, it's just me. No, 100%. I mean, down to the editing and everything. So... How yes. did those podcasts come to be? Yeah, so the local influencers was, I call it like my flagship podcast for like my revamp of a network because my other network, I had another network in the past, which I talk about a little bit was Shadowhunters, um, but I owned a network where before we reviewed TV shows and I own, I found out like, for example, I had a deal with ABC Family, which is now Freeform. So I had to deal with them. So we'd get uh, me and my, my entire network. We would get um, basically like a show, for example, if the show comes out on Thursday, we got review copies and access to their website. There's a website, you log in, blah, 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 boring. Uh, but you log into their back website and you get it um, two days before it comes out. The whole point is you watch it before you talk about it on your podcast. That way your podcast comes out the exact same day the TV show comes out. Wow. And so I had to deal with ABC Family for two TV shows. Um, after I interviewed them for the Shadowhunters podcast, I had a deal for the Siren TV show and then Cloak and Dagger, which is like a Marvel property. Yes. Um, so I had deals with them. Um, those shows got canceled. And so then when their shows get canceled, guess what happens to your podcast? That gets canceled. Damn. So all of my shows got canceled. So our podcasts were canceled, right? And so it's like, well, I told myself, I, I took a break from podcasting and I told myself, if I start another podcast network, I'm going to do something that doesn't rely on someone else's creativity. Yes. Right. I can't, you can't ever build. That's why it's so important for people and creators, specifically like content creators. I see a lot of people don't, people don't really do websites anymore, mm -hmm. but I think it's so important that you have some kind of email list or you have some way to connect with your audience because if Instagram were to get shut down tomorrow and you are only big on Instagram, guess what? All that yep. hard work and years and stuff that you put into just curating the perfect photos for your profile grid, that's all gone because you're relying on someone else to platform you. And I, so I said, how am I going to build my own platform? I love that, Abel. And, you're so, it's genius. <laughs> but it took a lot because you said, like, I, I, I mean, like I said, I had so much, I was, I thought I was like, this is it. Like, I had just moved to Houston. I was like in a larger city. I got these deals with ABC Family and they were like, you know, they wanted me, I had a deal to record 50 out of 52 weeks of the year and I got paid X amount per Holy show. Holy shit, Abel. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it 
it, it, I learned a lot though because whenever it gets taken from you, you know, and it wasn't just me. It was like you know, it was the very bottom of it. Like it was, it was you know, the actors lose their jobs and the writers lose their jobs. But I felt it because I was building this momentum, and then it's just all gone. Yeah. And um, so that's when I was. I took a break, and then I was like, well, what can I do? That what I want to start podcasting again. And I said, well, why don't I just, you know, I do go out a lot. You know, not so much now, but I did go out a lot. I have a good group of friends. You know, why don't I just start interviewing people that I know or people that my friends know and let's talk about them and so then I after my first season I was like you know what I'm going to interview anyone in Texas and it's called the local influencers because it's not necessarily local to Corpus Christi it's local to wherever you're at if you're in if you're in New York City you're new you're local to New York City yes and so I told myself my mission my mission is um, you know, I always say at the end of my podcast, like, you know, wherever you're listening, wherever you are, make sure you go out and do some good today. Um, it's it's just important to me to like highlight creators, even if I don't care if someone has a hundred followers or two million followers. Yes. Um, I have I have an application process, but that's just because for me, I want to it's a, it's easier for my scheduling, but it's also because I want to make sure I don't have like if for Brittany, for instance, I interviewed you, I want to make sure that I'm not gonna have an entire season of just interviewing podcasters. Cool. I want yes. it to be an eclectic group. Yes. And so that's the only reason for my interview, for my um, like quote unquote like application process. But really, I don't look at followers. I don't look at, I do look at to make sure you're consistent. You're not going to come on my podcast and you haven't done anything in six years. You know? Yes. That's, that's my thing. Yes. You know, we want to have something to talk about, but it's important to me to just, I know how much work it takes to create whatever it is that you're creating, writing content creator I know how much work it takes and so I just want to give someone a platform that even my platform's not that big but I'm growing but just you know if I had 100 followers maybe 80 of those followers don't follow you exactly I want to introduce you to those 80 people exactly no you have a lot of reach yeah you have a lot of reach like you are constantly interacting and you know socializing and you know all that kind of stuff so what you do is very valuable um I love the message behind it. And I love um, how, like you said, you had been in this one arena podcasting and realized you wanted to flip the script a little bit, Um, which is why it's so fun to have you on the opposite side and be the interviewee. Yes. Um, (laughs) How does it feel? How how are you? How are you feeling like being on the other side of it right now? I mean, everyone knows I love you. Like, I am obsessed with you. I love you. Like, I think that you're the nicest, most genuine person um, it does feel very weird, but I just feel very, com- I, but I feel very, I feel comfortable. It's not, it's weird. Cause I'm used to the one, like I, um, I, I, I'm used to the one coming up with the questions and the follow-up, but it also feels comfortable and natural because just, I feel so comfortable with you already, you know, no. so it doesn't feel, it feels weird, but not for the reasons some people might think it just, it does feel weird. Like, I think even when I interviewed you, you were like, this is different. It, for like, sure. It's different. You yeah. Know? Cause you're, like you said, you're used to fielding the questions and not necessarily revealing anything about yourself. Um, and the feelings are mutual able. I think you are so fucking like, I'm in awe mm-hmm. of you. Like the things that you've accomplished already in your into- life. And I mean, you, you are so young and you have so much to go, you know? Uh, so what season of the local influencers are you on right now? Season eight is currently airing right now it wraps at the beginning of april i believe um and then i'll start recording for season nine when this season ends so i told i think everybody i've interviewed i've told um this and it's not you know a secret but i interview a quarter in advance Mm -hmm. so i'm always interviewing for the next quarter so like these interviews that are airing now i i interviewed everyone like last fall late summer yes um the last few were like late in december just like one-offs but um i always interview three months in advance um just because i want to make sure i know i have the content loaded yes now do i edit and schedule and everything no usually i do it all the day before that is (laughs) wild to me yeah i have like I have this whole season edited and uploaded and scheduled and descriptions and show notes and everything typed out, except for like the last, I think three, there's one that I have to re-record because I, the sound was not great. We're going to re-record the interview, but other than that, I mean, it's all done edited. And like I said, we'll, I'll start recording again for season nine, probably like 
April, and then that will air like this summer, probably. Okay, no, your system, I mean, it works for you, and because you're the only one, again, you know, that's doing all of so this. So I have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So are I'm you just, self-taught? And then I, yeah, so because, like I said, I, I listened to... It was called, it's called the self publishing podcast. And so I started listening to that podcast first because I was interested in writing. And then I started listening to, I don't know if anyone knows, the listeners might know Pat Flynn on the Smart Passive Income. Um, so he, his podcast is about like how to create income passively and how to be a smarter entrepreneur. And um, I thought, started following him. And I just, my mind of being a creative mind and entrepreneurial mind and a leader, I started thinking and I'm like, googling like how to podcast how to do this and i just it's the you know it's evolved over time you know with the equipment has evolved um but like editing software i'm very basic like iMovie is free on my imac that's what i'm using i'm not paying anything extra i'm not, yes. I'm not doing anything extravagant um i don't have you know but my microphone has you know developed like I, it's evolved it's gotten better but i tell anyone if anyone wants to podcast like you can record with airpods and don't worry about what you like i'm gonna save up for a microphone i'm gonna save up no yes everybody has air like you don't even need airpods i'm just saying like headphones cell phone they have voice memos you can record exactly like, start there and then people will see your growth yes i'm th thank you for saying that um and i think that that's part of the reason why you have also been so consistent is because you're not necessarily dropping all this money into a, something that you may not enjoy doing in a few weeks or month yeah. or whatever. Um, I fully support Abel's message for anybody listening and wanting to start a podcast. You can literally do it right this second with the technology that you already have. Um, you can upload to a free platform, the file and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then free editing software like Abel had said as well. Uh, okay, so now on to the um, pop culture after dark. Okay, like I am so... Like, I just love this so much. Yes. So you and Bonnie were just like, we need to record our opinions on this. Or how did how did it happen? Yeah. So uh, Bonnie and I go way back. We used to do a MySpace blog called And That's What's Up. And we would basically blog about bullshit, whatever was on our mind. And the celebrity gossip and pop culture. And we've all, so that was back in MySpace days. And uh, to age of both of us. And um <laughs> <laughs> some of our listeners, some of your listeners might not be like, what the hell is MySpace? No, yeah. no way. Y'all first... better know what MySpace is. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> but um, yeah, Pop Culture After Dark, that's how Bonnie, I talked her into, and it doesn't take a lot to talk her into a shiny idea because she's a very creative person because she sure. does cakes and uh, baking. And so she's a very creative person. So it didn't take a lot of convincing. I was just like, hey, you want to do this thing with me? She's like, cool. I don't know how, but yeah. And so I was like, Pop Culture After Dark, which I'm actually recording after you and I record tonight. Um, <laughs> that one takes a little bit more because we, uh, like I said, we started because, you know, we, everyone, pop culture is a big, it's a, it's in our culture. It, it doesn't affect our everyday lives, but it is something that we all just, we scrolling through Facebook and you're like, huh, that celebrity is <laughs> crazy as hell. Yes. Uh, my life feels, I feel so much better about my life. You know what I mean? It's like that. And so we just talk about dumb stuff, you know, like Britney Spears and just, you know, back in the day, it was like Paris Hilton. Every now and then she comes up again and just yep. the celebrities and just fun way to shoot the shit for people to listen to. And uh, that one does take a little bit more work because we can't, I am so used to my system of recording in advance and you can't do that with pop culture. Right. Everything is relevant to the minute. And so we usually um, will record like on a Thursday evening. We try to wait as long as we can because our podcast for pop culture come out on Fridays mm -hmm. uh, because we tried to, uh, first of all, I tried to spread out the releases of the network's podcast. Like the local influencers comes out on Mondays, bitch to brunch is on Tuesdays and then pop culture is on Fridays. And mm -hmm. I try to do that intentionally because I want you to listen to them all. Yes. And um, pop culture, like I said, it takes it has to be relevant and say waiting till Wednesday or Thursday to record is helpful because then you get the whole week's worth of news. And then that's um, smart. It just takes more. Yeah. It just takes more because of the fact that it's such a fast turnaround, which you are used, you can do a fast turnaround. It's a little <laughs> bit more for me because it's like stresses me out. Yeah. It is kind of stressful. You, I have, yeah. And I have to do that for pop culture because of the, the nature of the podcast. But uh, that's so much more fun. Like, I don't edit us out unless there's been a few times I've had to edit. Like, if a dog barks, like, really bad or we say something, I'm like, bitch, we'll get canceled if we say that. Like, we have to edit that out. <laughs> like, yes. You know, things like that. But um, 
it's just we have to do research for the show because like we have to know what we're talking about we have to be able to cite you know what we you know who said what where do we get this from we're not making it up ourselves and so that takes a it's although it's a little fun and lighthearted and it's just a good time it does take a little bit more work because we have to research and we have to then we record and then we do this and then afterwards it's like i have to edit upload and we do video on that one as well so i have to like oh wow as well and you know, so sometimes we've recorded as late as like 1 a.m. on a Thursday going into Friday morning. And then I have to upload it because our release time is 5 a.m. Fridays. Five and o'clock in the like, morning on Fridays? But yeah, my thing is because I want people like some people, you know, they get up, go to the gym at 6 a.m. And I want the podcast to be ready for you to go. Because I know my podcast that I listen to, I want to be able to hear them first thing in the morning. Yes. When I drive to work. Or if I'm not a really, if when I go to the gym, I usually go like later in the afternoon. I'm not a morning gym person. That will never be me. But I know people that's there. I know people that's their routine is they get up, you know, stretch. You you go to the gym. Yeah. Like, well, the gym is my living room, but yes. <laughs> could never be me. But I know when I want my podcast, like all my podcasts, like for instance, um, I listen to Sibling Rivalry. It's like a drag race podcast. Yeah. I'm like, I know no matter what, on Mondays and Wednesdays, that podcast will be out by 10 a.m. I know that. No, that's nice. Yeah, that re- that reliability. So being, being consistent, I have to. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I appreciate that so much because that structure is what keeps fans loyal. You know what I mean? It's like, I know that this is going to be available. You know what I mean? Um, so is there a situation in the celebrity world that you are like following hard right now? Is there anything in particular? Yeah, there's this TikTok drama with this girl named uh, Michaela Nigero. She's a TikTok influencer. And just like short, like long story short, she is an influencer. She's got a paid uh, partnership and uh, she for like mascara and people are calling her out because she's saying how great this mascara is. But in between, like she cuts her video, like edits them and she puts fake eyelashes on, but she doesn't show that. Shut the hell up. And so she's being called out for that by all these other like OG YouTubers, like these beauty influencers, like Tati Westbrook, Tati Westbrook and James Charles and Jeffree Star. Like these are the OGs of YouTube. Yes. And they're the OG beauty. Jeffree Star has been around since MySpace days. Mm-hmm. He's a very, he's one of the first influencers, you know? Yeah. And um, he, they're calling her out. And so like that story is like ever developing. Cause like every time she releases a TikTok now, um, she, it's been found like she's lying about more and, people are like uncovered so that's what like is on our radar the most um but to kind of like pivot a little bit the podcast that we're developing yes i can announce it because i know yes please happen um i just don't know when it's going to be called your wrong opinion and so basically this podcast is going to be a political weekly roundup podcast so it's going to be um once a week we'll where a panel of us hosts will talk about the biggest headlines in world news and political views and so it could be uh, intimidating for some people yes like I've, I've invited people to come and be hosts on the show because um i want a large panel of people sharing their their thoughts but people are like i don't know i don't really want to talk about politics and my thing is the the reason the show's called your wrong opinion is that in someone's eyes your opinion is always wrong. Correct. So on your wrong opinion, it's okay to have a wrong opinion. I love that. So we, our, yeah, so we had our first development meeting uh, last month, and um, we are. It's going to be a big, large group. I made it. There was four of us, like kind of. It was my idea, but it was four of us, like I guess founding members. And uh, uh, my I had couple of things that were like absolutely necessary before we launch it's like it has to be a diverse group of people it has to be people from all backgrounds all religions all both sides of the aisle the middle um non you know obviously you have to have a little bit interest you have i can't say non-political because it's a political podcast right? right but my thing is um the number one rule will be we can disagree on the podcast but as soon as we move on from the topic it's dead and we don't we don't attack each other for it because yes. I have very, very strong opinions. And that's more as to hold myself as accountable as well. It's like, I have to respect someone's opinion, although in my eyes it's wrong. Right. Um, that's going to be their opinion. And so that's, it's very important to me to have before I launch that show. That's why I, I'm announcing it because it's going to happen. It's just a matter of finding the right group of people and yes. making sure they're all committed to it. Cause a weekly thing is very hard to commit to. You know? Yes, it is. Um, but Again, it's very, very important to me to have people from both sides of the aisle, the middle, um, 
LGBTQIA, non-binary, straight, whatever it is, um, it's super important to me, you know, Hispanic, you know, African-American, Asian. It's just, I want everyone on there because I want everyone's opinion to be shared and, um, you know, just talk about the crazy shit that's happening in our world. Well, there's different podcasts, but yeah, no, but I admire that so much because you're right. A lot of people would not want to cross into that territory because it is so touchy, but I think with the groundwork that you're laying and kind of like the ground rules, why couldn't it be a really productive podcast amongst people, you know, of differing, you know, backgrounds or ideas or, you know, that kind of thing. I think that is extremely Mm -hmm. important and needed because everything is so biased now and people are being told how to feel and how to think, but now you're just bringing people on to have, to have a raw discussion, a a respectful one. Um, but still, you know, them talking about their beliefs and their convictions. That's amazing. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. It's just super important to me. Like, um, like you said, it, everything is like, I, like I told you earlier, I watch the view every day. However, the view is very, you know, some would say a little bit more liberal. They usually have one conservative host. And I never agree. Personally, I never agree with the conservative host. Right. But I, when I was coming up with this idea, I was like, it's important to me to have more than just one voice. Absolutely. Whatever group it is. Yes. Because if I'm, you know, like I said, I want, to, if anything, we're going to leave learning something about why someone might feel that way or why someone might think that way. Like, why do you feel this way? That's every topic that's important to me is like, whatever, let's talk about the aliens, like aliens invading space. Why do you feel this? Like, that's what I want to know. That's what I want to learn. And then our listeners will have a good time listening to it. And, you know, it'll be a good hour show. And that's the goal. Right. And then, you know, ultimately, too, you might be like, wow, I never necessarily thought about whatever from that perspective. You know what I mean? Um, And then it it makes you better equipped, right? In the event that you ever have to talk about it or or understand another person's point of view. Abel, you are fucking awesome. I could talk to you forever. Um, I appreciate you so much. For anybody listening, if you're not following at the local influencers on Instagram, at Pop Culture After Dark, uh, at Abel the Pisces. Um, I'm only saying Instagram, but are there any other social media platforms that people can be following you? Yeah, I'm on Facebook as well. Um, but basically, Facebook, I just share everything from Instagram. Right. Uh, Instagram is my main, um, my main kind of thing, and I've tried to kind of narrow it down to like my personal account, the local influencers. But Pop Culture After Dark, we're kind of revitalizing. So if you follow, and we don't, we're not active, it's because we're just kind of getting that Instagram. It's a lot to run an Instagram. Yes. And so we're just trying. I'm trying to like find a balance between like what do I post on my personal page and the local influencers? And I, I found it now. So, you know, we're kind of re- revamping, but yes, Instagram is my main, my main social media. Very good. And so if people want to be on the local influencers podcast, what's the process for applying? Super easy. So when applications are open, basically you just go to the link in my bio and it'll say be on our podcast and you click on it and that's it. Like you, I have my calendar there. You click on whatever day's open that works for you day and time. And then um, it's just asking you a couple of quick questions and that's it. You're booked and um, it takes just minutes. But like I said, if you don't see that link there, it's because I currently I'm not recording, but if you click on it and you see a calendar available, you can definitely book just because that means I'm recording. And depending on when your listeners listen to this, actually, um, I might be recording again soon for season nine. Yay. Keep an eye out for that. And also catch up on previous seasons. So where can people stream the podcasts? Yes. So it's on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. It's everywhere. Any podcast platform that you listen to, it is available for you guys. Very good. Abel, thank you so much for joining me again. And I can't wait to see what you do next. You're so incredible. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate you.